to everyone's favorite video game podcast. It's almost the weekend. You're uh, you're joined by me, Joe Tool, <laughs> and my wonderful co-host here. I'm Daz. Yeah, there you go. This is, I was waiting for you to come this in. Is, <laughs> this is an atrocious opening. One of our worst. I'm bringing, one of our worst. We're bringing. I'm bringing like first day on the NPR office. Yeah, you yeah. know, like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Never seen a mic in my life. <laughs> Energy. Yeah, no, it feels uh, good to be here. My first day of the job. Um, yeah, just you know, getting that gain sorted. Watching those levels, as they say. Watching those levels. Yep, yep. It's what you got to do here at NPR. <laughs> there's a there's a radio in at work in the bathroom that's just constantly playing. What's not NPR? What's the uh, public broadcast from Australia called? Bro, like, the, do you mean the ABC? You're really nah, you barking up nah, the wrong tree. I haven't listened to the radio in a long time. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to Google it. But anyway, we have that. Um, <clears throat> We have that on like 24-7 on this like really cool little red radio in, in our bathroom at work. Right. And it's, um yeah, it's always playing. And sometimes you go in there and it's like some dude like, you know, speaking in the hushed voice being like, and that's when the uh, Holocaust. And then you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes you go in there and it's like an African dance party. Wow. Wow. That's very airport of you to have music in the mm. bathroom. Oh, yeah. I, I hate a quiet bathroom. <laughs> you hate it quiet. You don't like the um, beautiful sounds of your fellow humans? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're like closed off little rooms and stuff, but I still would prefer to have, you know, music or some sort of audio happening yeah look i have not put that (laughs) i haven't put that much thought in it but now you say it like radio bathroom is actually like on fleek i'm about it it's premium you cannot once you've experienced radio bathroom it's pretty hard to return to it's sort of like you go to japan and you have the bidet named toto and you're uh, (laughs) chilling in the shire no uh, and then you come back to here and it's all regular toilet paper and you're like damn dude they had something figured out that we do not. Same, same deal. Same deal with the audio bathroom. <laughs> oh, well, we hope you're uh, listening to this podcast while you're sitting on the can. Um, <laughs> yeah. You got any advice? Any bathroom advice? Who, me? <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> what, you <laughs> any bathroom advice? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's my first day on the job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll have to consider this conversation in your upcoming performance review. Oh, Jesus, Um, Joe, please. What have you been playing? Please take the lead. (laughs) (laughs) Take the lead. Save us. Uh, Dude, I've been playing a lot of games this week. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, I've been getting getting all deep in the video game land. Um, Mm. I've been playing... Right before you called me, actually, or before I called you, I was playing a game called Diving with Dave. Oh, now this is this is a brand new game, is it not? That's right. Mm. Brand new game. That's It's been in early access for a long time, but it's just hit 1.0. Oh, cool. What's uh what's the deal? It's um it's one of those like two loop games where it's like you got one game mode that feeds into the other game mode. Oh, the Cult of the Lamb special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are a diver named Dave and you the first part of the game is like this um diving sort of 
mini game where you go down and you've got a certain amount of oxygen and you try and catch fish and there's stuff to uncover and unveil under the ocean mm-hmm. surface go under there there's a shark he's way too strong what do you do um all that sort of stuff is good mm-hmm. and then the, the fish that you catch end up going back to a restaurant on the shore where you're um tasked with working at the restaurant while sushi chef makes sushi oh. and uh, customers come in and, and buy sushi so it's like a, a diving game and a cooking game yeah, but you don't do the cooking, you do the serving. So you run from the kitchen or the person who's making the su- sushi to the customers and oh, then give them their stuff. Okay. And pour the tea and clean up after them and all sorts of stuff. Cool. Sounds interesting. Mm. Is it like, is it really fast paced or is it like a chill, cozy game? It's it's definitely not cozy. It's not like a slow, low stakes. Like you can run out of oxygen and keep get to choose one thing from your, you know, potentially... 20 things that you found under the surface of the water oh okay um, uh, the sharks you know there's stuff down there right it's not like <laughs> you, you have infinite time yeah um and then the when you're at the restaurant part is like pretty it's not fast paced yet but it's not like you know leisurely you can mess up pouring someone's tea and they get angry at you but well well yeah, I spilled beer on my desk, so maybe you should tell me about what you've been playing while I mop it up. <laughs> well, yeah, this is this is one of those episodes. We are all over the place. I think we should lean into into it. Enjoy the chaos. I'm all over the place. I don't know about you, but I am all <laughs> over the place. Um, yeah, look, I uh, I finished another playthrough of that Resident Evil 2 remake. Oh, hell yeah. You've been soaking up the Resi recently. I, uh, yeah, look, I really enjoyed this game. Big surprise for me. Like, I mean, I'd heard good things, but, um, and I love survival horror, so maybe it's not a big surprise at all. Um, but yeah, I really, I I was on, I was on that game's wavelength. Um, Yeah, sure. Yeah, very strange experience, the replay though, because it's not a replay in a way because I was playing a different character story. We kind of touched on this last week, but um, it is quite different uh, in a lot of of different parts. And I I would say that at, at, at the bare minimum to get like the Resident Evil 2 experience, I would recommend playing both stories. Oh, wow. So I definitely should go back and play the other story. Yeah, like you did. There is, you know, a decent amount of crossover. You'll you'll be in a lot of rooms you recognize, but the, the weapons are completely different. The, the boss fights are different. Uh, what? Okay, y- cool. Yeah, it's, it's quite different, sold. but it's also not like it's very weird. I don't know if I've played a game like this where they're like, you know, this isn't just a... We want everyone to replay the game and we'll like move the items around. Like, it's like that, but a 1.5 version, like, yeah, mm. they, they change quite a bit and it, and it still like creates some terror because that, yeah, right. that's something that really impressed me about uh, Leon's playthrough was that I was completely oblivious about the story and like what happens in the game and so some of the moments i was genuinely scared and i was like Whoa. oh i haven't felt scared in so long this is awesome and yeah, cool. and so i didn't really expect that when i went into claire's story but they they do this clever thing where they subvert your expectations because 
you'll be in an area where like um, a story beat hit for Leon's story and mm. and that doesn't happen. And you're like, oh, I, you know, you're kind of expecting it because that's right. what happened last time, but it changes and then like, you know, something different happens and then it brings back that scariness because you're a bit unsure about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't... To be honest, uh, when you were talking just then, I was trying to remember whether I played Claire or Leon, and I cannot remember. So I'd have to check the trophies when I log back in to be like, who did I play? Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it's pretty clear. You can see in the menus yeah. and stuff as well. Uh, um, but maybe a clear, a clear uh, identifier would be that halfway through both stories, they introduce, like, a different kind of gameplay for a little bit. Do you, do you remember this? Uh, no. Okay. I don't really <laughs> no. want to spoil it just in case anyone listening okay. hasn't played it because it's a big surprise and it's a bit like, oh. okay then. And um, in both stories, I think it falls off a little bit. Like it's novel right. and it's interesting for a little while, but it kind of hangs on for a bit too long and you're like, I just want to get back to, you know, the main yeah. kind of dealio. Um, yeah, I mean, Resi 4 did something kind of similar. Mm. Um, when you play it, you will know as soon as it happens what I'm speaking of. Um, <laughs> okay. It, I didn't hate it. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I did the rest of the game. Right, yeah. And it's it's nice to have a bit of a breather between, like, you know, change the gameplay up or whatever. But the gameplay yeah. is so tight and they're not yeah. long games that I'm not convinced it was necessary. Yup. Um, what was that one? The oh, Village. Did you play Resident Evil Village? No, but like, um, oh. it's on my wish list. I'm, I'm keen. Yeah. I'm keen. Yeah, I mean, I so I would recommend doing. We we played through seven together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Biohazard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do. I would go if you're still vibing Resi, or if you need a break, take a break. But next time you come back, do the. F- three remake i haven't played it but just to stay in order do three <laughs> i think it's pretty short compared to two and f- sorry yeah two and four right okay but do three and then do four for sure oh my god i'm still <laughs> reeling from how good that was and then and then tell me about eight um because yeah i'm keen to know how you feel about that compared to the other remakes because it's a first person one. Oh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I remember was seven first person. I want to say it was. Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. Yes. Yeah. And that was my first Resident Evil game. And yeah, wow. I, yeah, I remember being scared and disgusted at different yeah, points. Yeah, that game's gross. Yeah. So yeah. I think they probably did a pretty good job, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. That's so awesome that you're deep in the Resi resi land yeah yeah oh my god though the like the characters and the dialogue and the story (laughs) terrible 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 and like (laughs) with claire's story that the animation takes a dive for claire i'd i'd argue claire's uh performance like the voice actor for claire is a little bit better yeah but the animation is hideous in some points and i wonder if that was like a project management thing from Capcom side where they were like, look, they Leon first. Yeah. Mo- Prioritize the guy. Exactly. Prioritize yeah. Leon. Most people are going to play Leon and you know, if they don't like the game, they're not going to play Claire or, you know, whatever. 
Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, towards the end of Claire's story, some of the cutscenes are just unhinged. Like, yeah, like right. get, getting to Assassin's Creed level where they're just Whoa. like eyes and teeth and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, that's crazy. I don't remember that at all. I have a feeling I played Claire's story first, but right. I might be wrong. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Resi 8 has really cool visuals and animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could fault nothing with the Resi 4 remake. It just was so incredible. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I wonder. I have to go back and have a look at it and, and report back on the Resi 2. Because, um, yeah, it's not how I remember it. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I believe I believe it. Yeah, I mean, look. If it, you're talking about how bad the animation is, I probably had feelings about it too. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I would like, it made me think you definitely didn't play the Claire playthrough because it right, was, like, right. so obvious. And, yeah, like you say, if it's something I'm picking up on, then you're just, like, you know, head in hands. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I must have repressed it, pushed deep back into the, into the brain space. <laughs> uh, yeah. But been thoroughly enjoying that. What about you? Been playing anything else? Yeah, so I've cleaned up the beer on my desk. <laughs> uh, I've been playing um, a bit of Street Fighter Six. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that sounded really good from what you were saying. Yeah, one of my workmates who I mentioned in the last episode, he brought in um, a fight stick. So uh, he said I can loan that. So I'm going to take it home next week no way. and use that just because like the controller is not the most ideal layout for classic oh, controls. Really, right? Yeah, it's just it makes a lot more sense to have the the layout that's classic arcade. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's pretty nerdy. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Tinykins. Oh yeah, me too. Which is our game club game? Yeah, me too. yeah. I haven't formulated any strong thoughts on it yet, but I have been playing it. No, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit of Grounded with you and Twilight Priest. Oh yeah, I love Grounded. That's just yeah. the game that keeps on giving. The game that keeps on giving. Like, I felt like the last sesh before the one that we just played was like, man, I don't know where we're going to go from here. And then all I had to do was follow the main mission. <laughs> like, yeah. just look at the text on the screen and we were fine. Yep. And now we found this whole new area and it's just like, just goes forever. Yeah. Um, been playing... Oh, The Hunt. So there's a new um, event on right now for Hunt. Hell which yeah. is coinciding with their new uh, boss. So they've added it finally. They've added a new boss to the game. Right. Has this been a long time coming? Yeah. Well, so they've had they've had the assassin, they've had the butcher, whatever his name is, um, and then they added the uh, what's the chicken chicken man? What's the chicken man called? <laughs> anyway, they added the chicken man. And now uh, it's been ages since they added a boss. They added a new map and then it's just been kind of chilling on event cycles for years now. And now they've added a new boss. Mm, sick. And the boss is uh, this alligator that you can kind of happen upon in a lot of the swamps in the maps. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're a bit different. They don't give you two um, bounty tokens. They only give you one. Um, and they're quite a bit weaker. But it's really cool because, like, unlike... Uh, normal bosses, the gator called Rotjaw can kind of just show up in any pond or water area in the map. So you'll be fight like in a battle with like some other players or whatever. Run through the water and fucking Rotjaw's in there. Oh my god! <laughs> just on accident or whatever, and he'll t- or she'll take a bite out of you. Um, 
and yeah, they've, they've done some really cool stuff. She's got like electricity powers and um, is all like has a specific behavior that goes with the, with her, which is really cool. Sick. Um, yeah, the new event is interesting. They've added rain to the maps. Oh. So yeah, which plays a whole, which is really cool the way that they've done it. It's It has like a bunch of um, gameplay implications. Right, because um, sound is a really big kind of mechanic yeah. in that game so rain maybe clouds the sound you make or yeah. something cool yeah i haven't fully got all of the gameplay implications yet but one of the main ones is like so there's light rain which is just chilling mm-hmm. you can still hear a lot but it's like kind of a nice drizzle mm-hmm. um it, it does cloud your vision a little bit and it's like a slight noise but it's not nothing too bad and then there's heavy rain which is like a downpour and often comes with fog and is quite loud Mm. and uh, it will also trigger all the crows on the map to fly away. So it's like oh. instantly you can't use crows as like an indicator for where anyone is anymore. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I was standing next to someone while they were fighting Rockjaw the other night and I threw a grenade and I couldn't hear them cooking the grenade, which is like a really distinct sound. It's like this noise. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I couldn't couldn't hear it and I was standing like almost right next to them. So that's with the heavy rain going, that's that's quite important. Right. To oh, be able man. To hear grenades. I love that concept of how important they make sound in that game. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, hunting back in the bayou, baby. It feels good. Feels good to be playing back with the workmates again. Yeah. Shooting up those baddies. Um yeah, it's been a good time. Love to hear it. I love I love how much mileage you're getting from Hunt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This game comes back around and steals my heart so often. (laughs) It's so so good. Uh, Sick. Yeah, yeah. I'm hopefully going to finish the event this time. I bought the season pass. Put the money down, Darren. Put the money down. Wow. Got those Bayou Um, clams on the counter. Bayou clams. Yeah, slid them across. And... uh, (laughs) I got a few guns in return. <laughs> um, yeah, should be should be good times. Hell yeah! Well, um, mm. look, I got I got a stripped down box of chicken wings for you. This is oh, yeah. the, right. this is slim pickings, um, and it's we're talking lowly of the low bottom of the bucket barrel bonanza um how many bees can we put in there (laughs) um so uh more elden ring stats are out i remember a couple of months back i had a bunch of stats like you know oh yeah yeah, how many players have died and who which bosses they died to so these stats weren't as interesting they were like you know which is the most popular gesture which i can't really you know describe that well on a on an audio format anyway um, sure. But what what we got here, which was a bit of a surprise for me, and, and maybe a surprise to you if you're familiar with the Elden Ring, is uh, which enemy has been killed the most times. Um, oh, okay. And the enemy taking the number one spot is the Albanoric with the club. Now, these are like kind of the dudes in the swamp. They're in that bayou. And yeah, they've got you too. they've got huge glassy eyes, and they're kind of cute. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, which and they're not like, you know, they're not an early game enemy. They're, no. They're in the lakes of Lernia or whatever that place is called. Yeah. Um, and they've been killed nine point four billion times. 
damn and genocide. I dude, I was like, okay, this is probably the cutest enemy. I I can't remember all the Elden Ring enemies right now off the top of my head, but I feel like when I saw the Albanorex, I was like, you cute little motherfuckers. Like, yeah, you know, they're not that bad. They're fine. Right? They're not scary. No. And, um, and yeah, the number one enemy killed. So like who is out there prioritizing Albanorex death? I wonder, is there like some drop that they give or they like drop a lot of souls or something? I don't know. Joe Tool, I reckon you're all over it. I'm not, I'm not like deep into the the Elden Ring item drops and all that, so I'm not sure. But yeah, you could be right. You could be right. Yeah, that would make or a some lot of ex- sense. Exploit or something that's like, oh, you kill every album. What are they called? Albu- Al- Albanoric. Albanoric, and then you get a bunch of souls. I don't know. Maybe something like that happens. Yeah. All right. You could be right. You could be right. <laughs> Mystery solved, people. Mystery solved? Uh, Moving right along. Um, Got an update from Larian. I think that's the name of the studio, on Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, Larian? Larian, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, in uh, an unexpected move uh, in the game industry, Baldur's Gate 3 is launching a month early. So, So, this game is coming out August 3rd which is next month. This is very soon now. Um, And it seems as though they've done this in a move to avoid the Starfield release date. It was was going to release like the next day or the day before or something like that. Um, So I think that they're dodging that. But uh, yeah, Larian released a statement and they're like, Steam is getting the game a month early, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they, in their statement, they had, um, you know, they were touting some things, you know, how this happens sometimes, like it happened with Dying Light 2, where they were like, it's going to take 500 hours to be Dying Light 2. And we're just like, that sounds terrible. We hate that. Um, and so, <laughs> la- <laughs> they're out here touting. <laughs> they're touting. Um, so yeah, Larian is out here and, uh, they had two stats that really stuck out for me. Okay. Hit me with the stats. One of the stats is that it has more cinematic dialogue than all three Lord of the Rings novels combined. Now, if you're unaware, this is 550,000 words, which is a lot the average novel is a hundred thousand words so like jesus that, that's a and this is cinematic dialogue cinematic yeah um do you reckon the animator saw that and just simply passed away <laughs> like, the, I, I, like they saw that number and just like <laughs> evaporated what's his name thanos style they just like <laughs> disintegrated into little particles yeah i mean it's very possible i imagine they've got some kind of um oh. Yeah. what's the word system. algorithm or something where they like design a speaking system and then like yeah, every yeah, character yeah. just adheres to the system yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. unless it's that you know is. the first game with a team of five thousand animators um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i'm sure it's like uh i think massive like all those bioware games had a similar thing where right it's like, oh the, the camera is default set up based on you know who's in the thing and who's talking and they play like a, an idle animation or an angry idle animation, depending on what tags the audio has. I, I made one of these systems for Puzzle Quest 3, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for the dialogue in that game, of which there was nowhere near this amount. Yeah, this... But still, it, it required something like that. This is huge. 
And to complement that statistic, Larian have also touted that it has 174 hours of cinematics. That's too much. You know what? 174 hours? I mean, in a game like Baldur's Gate, and I think it's pretty hard to talk about Baldur's Gate without bringing Divinity original mm. sin into the conversation like the the writing for those games is actually really good like it's so impressive great worlds great characters great weird magic shit going on but i'm i'm in those games for the gameplay the yeah. the immersion of the... the world great agree but like that gameplay that turn-based choice oh baby it's very satisfying and if you're playing a game that has 174 hours of cinematics, and I assume the cinematics don't make up most of the game, like, how fucking big is this game? Maybe it's... So, okay, here's, here's one potential avenue that I think may be bloating the stat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is, like, how many classes are in that game, do you know? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, okay, in, so in, probably there's like 10 classes or something. I don't know. Some oh, number of classes. I see what, what you're getting at. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it won't be unique cinematics. Well, technically it is unique, but it won't be truly unique cinematics. It'll be the same animation playing on each class. Right. Just multiplied by 10. So, you know, so. Right. Yeah, I think that's what it will, what, what is happening there. Uh, see. The, stat, the touting is skewed. Yeah. I hope that's the case because 17 hours of cinematics makes a lot more sense, to, you know, for yeah. each character. Um, but even then, Metal Gear Solid 4, all cutscenes video on YouTube at 1080p HD <laughs> is nine hours and five minutes. That's all cutscenes in Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah, wow. Yeah. See, I mean, yeah. I, look, I, it's weird because I trust Larian, right? I think, I think they've done us, they've done good by us. They've done good by us all. And Baldur's Gate 3 looks amazing. Um, mm. but like... Yeah, it, it feels weird for them to come out and be like 174 hours of cinematics and to think that's a good thing. It's one of those instances yeah. where high numbers does not mean good. Like, Doesn't mean good, yeah. You know, how how do most adults feel when they see that? Are they like, oh, not you good, know... sad. <laughs> yeah, I get, you know, I've got two children. I, I get to game like two or three hours a week. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah. You know, that's basically watching a movie that takes two years to finish. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to wait for my retirement to play this game. If <laughs> yeah. I retire, you know, I'll be in the nursing home. That's what I'll be doing. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I reckon we can call it on the uh, touting of big numbers. But still, um, yeah, I hope. Baldur's Gate 3 rules. This is very like Todd Howard, Starfield, how many planets in the solar system. Oh my god. Like, do you remember he came out with that or they came out with that stat? The studio was like, oh, there's a thousand planets mm. in whatever yeah, in Starfield, and you can visit all of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did you not learn from Sean Murray? You know? <laughs> did we not remember him on Stephen Colbert being like, yeah, you can you can see other players. You can there's a million potentially billions of planets oh like, god we've not learned our lesson yeah yeah we don't we don't want to visit a thousand planets that sounds annoying and like work and and you said it i remember i i think like it might have even been pete who wrote an email in and was like mm. joe was goddamn right we only want three <laughs> planets we want those planets yeah. to be densely populated like and yeah, yeah that's 100 percent on the money we yeah look 
people don't understand how big a planet is. You know, they think like my neighborhood is my planet, but no, the world is big, dude. The world is massive. You don't realize. Oh my god! Look at a map. Look, look at a map. Look at Tasmania on a map. <laughs> Stop. And then see how long it takes to drive from the top of Tasmania to the bottom, and you'd be like, "Oh, it only takes like half an hour." But no, it's like five and a half hours, dude. Like it's a long drive. Oh my god! <laughs> There's this uh, TikTok account that Jamie has shown me recently. That's like they're using some game. I think it's like I, can't, I don't know what the game is called, but it's some simulation style game. Mm-hmm. And they're like. Um, it takes a long time to fly from Australia to the US. What if you could drive instead? And then they use this game to build a freeway across the ocean mm. and like say how many fuel stops there'll need to be and how many McDonald's there'll need to be and like <laughs> how you staff the McDonald's and they go and like they create like a whole bunch of deep lore about the people who work at the McDonald's and like Oh my god. Yeah, it's so awesome. Oh, that's sick. Um, but yeah, it just makes you realize like that's a really long freeway. Like, that's not... You wouldn't want to do that drive. <laughs> like, there's a reason we fly. You know? Uh, the world's big. And people don't want a thousand planets. Pete... Uh, I mean, not Pete. <laughs> Todd. God damn it, Pete. Stop. Todd. Stop directing Star Citizen? No, fuck. What's Field. it called? Starfield. Oh, God. Oh, I'm a mess. Fire me from yeah. the news, please. Get me off this yeah. podium. I have... Some news as well. Oh, I actually excellent. have a, a chunk of news here. Excellent. I'm coming in off the back of uh, the scant, scantily clad news segment with some beefy, beefy news. Oh my god! Oh, fantastic. Um, so uh, let's see here. First piece of news. Just crack it open. Oh, it's crispy. It's crispy. It's crispy on the outside. Um, Gollum Studio will stop developing games after its dismal release. Oh, Gollum Studio. So Daedalic Entertainment is going to focus on being a publisher because Gollum didn't meet expectation. Wow. That's a that's a big call, you know, Daedalic Entertainment. Yeah. That's like father of Icarus, the the famed builder of things and they did not build so good (laughs) yeah yeah um i followed i followed you there and i'm glad i did (laughs) um so according to a report by german news magazine games witchcraft daedalic entertainment said 25 of its over 90 person team 90 people to make that fucking hell uh, have been affected saying it's a difficult decision but that'll mark a new beginning for Daedalic we deeply appreciate every member of our team and it's important to us that this transition goes as smoothly as possible Daedalic says thus we will be supporting our ex-employees in their search for new opportunities within our network yeah sure 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 I feel like whenever a corporation uses words that put their employees in a positive light like appreciate mm-hmm. every employee should get $5,000 like every time <laughs> yeah. they use a word like that or say something yeah. similar, you get a th- you yeah. get $5,000 bonus because that's how you show you appreciate employees. Like no yeah. one wants fucking words to pay their bills, yo. Yeah, yeah. If they use the word family in a sentence. Oh, 10 then, grand. Immediate, yeah. immediate payment. Yeah. Like before they even sound the Y at the end of family. <laughs> yeah, 10 grand. <laughs> um... 
It's also funny because it comes in the form usually of we're like a family. Oh. It's like, well, what what are you talking about exactly? Yeah, yeah like, like being a in a family. family is fucking hectic. Most people oh are not about being around their family 40 hours a week. So if you're like a family, <laughs> you can get Get fucked. me out. <laughs> yeah. Is this also like, you know, chicken? It's like tastes like chicken, but it's obviously, <laughs> you know, like some horrid creature that you've cooked for me. <laughs> Um, Stop cooking those albinorics, yo. Yeah, we don't want them. Who gammy? Um, gammy? What? What am I doing? Gammy chicken? Oh uh, yeah, uh, there's the... came full circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a few, little bit more information here. Lord of the Rings Golem launched on May 25 to much derision from critics and players alike, mm-hmm. despite reportedly pulling in a US four hundred thousand dollars, which is five hundred fifty five thousand Australian dollars in sales. Mm-hmm. It reached uh, and reaching the number six spot on the UK sales chart in the first week. Wow! Games Workcraft uh, purports it still didn't meet expectations. Uh, that makes sense considering just how bad it was. This writer says uh, <laughs> this is a Kotaku article by Levi uh, Levi Winslow. Winslow. So, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the first piece of news. That studio closing down and just doing publishing. It's kind of a weird move, you know. It's like. I'd never heard of them prior to this. Mm. They must have some billionaire daddy bankrolling them to be like, yeah, unsuccessful game means now we're a publisher. Normally it's like very successful games for a long period of time. Now we're a publisher. Yeah. Yeah. Very. They sound very rich. And I remember seeing the budget for that Golem game and thinking, man, those, those, you, you certainly did not pay for those 3D models. That is, uh, that is yeah. horrific. Yep. Yep. Um, last piece of news here, but it's a big one. Uh, Annapurna Interactive did their 2023 showcase. Oh, right. Uh, Do they have like an E3 type dealio? Yeah, it was an interesting one. It was like 20, you know, 45 minutes with a long break at the start. Right. Um, going through all of the games that they currently have announced in their catalog. Some of them were like, oh, here's an update. Like, uh, for example, Stray is coming to Xbox. Like, that was one of the, the features of their, inter- of their show co- showcase. Right. Um, but there was also some other announcements and other various things, like studio updates and stuff. So, just going to flick through them real fast. Yeah, yeah. Lightning round. Or at a, at a leisurely pace. I don't know. We'll see how we go. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth is an Annapurna Interactive first in-house game. They're doing an Annapurna... Uh, oh. Sorry, a Blade Runner game. Right. And is this their first, like, they're developing it and publishing it? It would seem that way, mm-hmm. yes. Interesting. Um, it's being, its development is being led by Solar Ash and what remains of Edith Finch, Finch's Chelsea Hash. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they've been, they've been around the traps, uh, Chelsea, and, uh, you know, long time since Edith Finch ages ago. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, keen to see what's going on there. The trailer looked kind of interesting. Okay. Uh, Cocoon. I don't know if you've heard of Cocoon. No. Have you seen Cocoon? I have not seen Cocoon. It got an August 2023 release date with some new gameplay. Cool. Uh, I'm loving these close that. release dates, by the way. Like when they, yeah. you know, announce Pikmin and they're like, that shit's coming out in July. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's, that's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> Right, it's July now. Yeah. Happy July. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's why I'd heard of it. The creator, the lead gameplay designer of Limbo and Inside was oh, the one responsible for Cocoon. Okay, because they split up. 
they yes. yeah they bailed on each other those the that duo of developers and so this is their first we're seeing from one of them Mm-mm-mm. cool um thirsty suitors the game with the name that we all oh. love to remember on this podcast <laughs> great name uh gets a november 2023 release date and they showed a bit of a trailer with some gameplay and some story stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i'm not sure about thirsty suitors uh i'm kind of a little bit worried about the visuals of it you know not to have a jab at them or anything like that i'm just like very, it's very ambitious for what they're trying to do. Oh, interesting. And I don't know about if they've actually managed to pull it off. But it does look cool, and the story mm. looks fun, and the theme's interesting. Um, looks like a little bit more of a... What was that game we played for Games Club where you... Um, the rhythm game? I have no idea. We played a rhythm <sighs> game? Yeah, but it wasn't really a rhythm game. It was like something else. Did we play Sekiro for Games Club? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> We loved it. We, it was our first in-person episode. Oh, um, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Sayonara Wild Hearts. It's kind of a, you know, you've got the seven deadly, deadly axes vibe. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. You know, my brain was completely blank then. When you were like, we played a rhythm yeah. game. I'm like, oh, I'm sure it was nice. We did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was nice. <laughs> um, so Thirsty Suitors stars Jala, uh, who, or Jayla who throughout the game will have to confront her exes, deal with demanding parents, and get ready for her sister's wedding. Oh, and so much more in this game that is also a stylish celebration of South Asian culture. So yeah, like I said, the themes are spot on. Mm. Um, sounds really cool and interesting, and it looks like they've got a bunch of different stuff going on. But yeah, just visually, I'm a little bit worried about some of the stuff just based on what I've seen. Cool. All right. Um, that's just me, though. I'm a, I'm a, a very... My standards are high, <laughs> unfairly high. I think on myself. I think and everyone else. No, you'd be perfect for judging thirsty suitors. I think this yeah. might be the uh, sleeper hit of the year for you. It maybe. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Lorelai and the Laser Eyes gets a new trailer that shows off the journey into the nightmare sur- surreal. Oh, that's a weird, weird word. Surreality. 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 Wow. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds like a really left of center real estate firm. Yeah. <laughs> Say reality? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust them with my house. <laughs> um, so some puzzles going on in that one. Lush Foil. This one is right up my alley. Lush Foil Photography Sim is the name of the game. Ooh. Um, it's just a walking simulator with a bunch of really beautiful environments and you just take some pictures That's with a-, a fully featured camera. That sounds in lovely. Pokemon Snap yeah. without the Pokemon. Uh-huh. That's totally it. Uh, and also beautiful environments. Mm. No, no offense, Pokemon Snap. But no, no. Offense. Really... They can they can do better. When they when they make the <laughs> got Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. We haven't hated on Pokemon in a while. It's time. It's time. <laughs> it's time. Bring it back. <laughs> um uh, gameplay takes place gameplay takes place in a first person and there are secrets and hidden objects waiting for the players that understand what it takes to capture the perfect shot. Ooh. So it sounds like there's a little bit of story going on in there, but Ooh. I think it's going to be mostly like cruising and bruising for some photography action. That sounds very attractive. Uh, just going to shut my door real quick because Jamie's drying her hair. One moment. Maybe play the music. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, only, only the listener will know if the music will play or not. Some quantum music. <laughs> okay. Um, this is the one that I'm actually really excited for, uh, to a T. 
is a new game from the creator of Katamari Damacy. Oh, okay. Uh, Keita Takahashi. Mm-hmm. And the trailer for this was glorious. Mm-hmm. I will send it to you after this. Um, mm-hmm. And listener, please just Google to a T. Um, it's, uh, it looks glorious. It looks like um, really, really stylish. And like they know exactly what they're going for. Um, it's about a character whose arms are stuck in a T-pose. <laughs> Amazing. I'm in. I'm in 100%. Yeah. 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 Um, Block is a co-op game uh, that has your you and your friends flying through the skies uh, with a bunch of flying little, little critters. I really like the look of this one. Go and watch the trailer for this too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although the trailer does this thing. Dude, speaking of bad <laughs> speaking of pokemon being bad yeah um do you remember the anthem trailer i think we talked about it a little while ago it does that thing where it's like oh the fake voice fake actors gamers? and they're like whoa yeah. is that a legendary fucking yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> i hate that they do that in this uh, it's like two two friends quote unquote uh, i think they're the developers but whatever um oh, no. just flying around a bit being like Hey, is that a, what do you got there? Is that one of those oh, blue birds that oh, I've heard so much no, about? No, no, we hate yeah. that. Dudes, just, like, just get some friends to play. Like, if you have to do that, get some friends to play yeah. it, record what they say over an hour, and just edit that shit. And it'll be yeah. candid, it'll be genuine, and yeah, it's just, it's icky. It's icky, it's icky when they do that because it's like, ugh, you're, you're like faking it and, you know, we love video games. We want the creativity to pour over us, but it just reminds us that it's this giant industry and you want to make money also, which is totally fair, but stop reminding us. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, it is like the mask has slipped vibes, you know, like you can see a little bit behind the curtain. It's disgusting back there. Yeah. Um, but it does look beautiful and the gameplay looks kind of fun, like flying around the whole time, ca- not capturing, but, you know, having other little flying creatures follow you around. Mm-hmm. Looks like, oh, let the damn dog out. This is in shambles. The episode's in shambles. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, it looks, looks like a really fun. It almost reminds me a little bit of Viva Pinata, you know, like you've got to do oh. certain criteria to be able to get certain creatures to follow you around. Dude, I ended up really rating Viva Pinata. Just, oh yeah, pretty... Wait. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Tearaway. I think I'm thinking of Tearaway. Okay. It was that, like, launch PS4 title that had you, like, caressing the big button that was new for that controller. Oh, I don't remember doing that in Viva Pinata, but, yeah, I think that is a Tearaway thing. Okay, yeah. No, I'm thinking of Tearaway. Just uh, throw the last minute of this podcast in the bin. <laughs> Um, there's a few more. I'll just quickly go through them. Ghost Bike is a thrilling and speedy biking adventure through the afterlife. Looks kind of like a racing game with a heavy story emphasis and a beautiful art style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this is this comparing this to um, Thirsty Suitors, like the art style and the animation and just visually seems like way more on point for and way more stripped back. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just to sort of throw that under the bus again. Um, <laughs> A Mundawn is a haunting hand-penciled horror tale that is now available on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Ooh. Um, this is a game I've known about for a while. It looks really cool. It's like, yeah, it's like a penciled, um, hand-drawn horror experience. Uh, and it looks real cool. Hell yeah. Uh, Bounty Star is unfortunately a mech game coming out 
um, probably right after, um, what's it called? Rubicon. Armored Core. Armored Core. Yeah, Rubicon yeah. comes out. So I'm, I'm really interested in Armored Core because you spoke a couple of weeks ago about Vardy Vidya going through all the Armored Core games. Mm, and I watched, yeah, yeah. I watched that video. It was really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, it goes for like an hour and a half and he plays literally all the Armored Core games. And I got to say, it's kind of put me off Armored Core. Like, Ooh. I love mechs and all that shit. I love the idea. But it, to me, looked so boring. Like, it was just wow. about, like, circling your enemy and shooting them till they were dead over and over again, again until you see the credits. And it was like that yeah. for every game. So, like, yeah, right. I haven't seen the um, the new Armored Core trailer recently, but I feel like, you know, if it's just another big mech in, like, a kind of sky city with skyscrapers everywhere and you're just circling mechs for, like, <laughs> 12 hours straight, like, I don't know, that just doesn't actually sound that good to me. Wow. Dude, I am so keen for armored core fuck me right up maybe <laughs> maybe i'll watch you then because that yeah you know it's like when someone who really loves a movie takes you to see a movie and like mm. i like you just feed off their excitement like that makes the experience a lot more enjoyable for me yeah yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> um so yeah this is a mech fighting game with a little bit more color and um tuniness to it right um more character stuff i guess than, than what would be present in armored core mm-hmm. bounty star uh doesn't get a release date but it looks cool <laughs> um storyteller is headed to netflix with new content i don't know what that is Nef- whatever i hear like is headed to netflix and it's a video game i'm always really really confused yeah well i know netflix have like a video game connection like if you have a netflix account and uh you know like an ipad or an iphone or probably android like you get access to a bunch of games so like maybe mm. it goes to that division where you can access it for free if you already pay for netflix right yeah um storyteller is the puzzle game that plays across multiple panels like a comic book it will be available to all netflix subscribers on september 26 2023 with new content scenarios and more there you go um cool and that's pretty much it that's all we got right yeah wrap it up well it's been great to record this podcast with you we hope everyone (laughs) (laughs) oh shit i just looked at the time yeah yeah okay um hot damn so yeah that's the news there onto the topic (laughs) just jab it in there (laughs) no that was Um, that was good because like i don't have any eye on what's coming out you know it's it's only when something's already out or you mention it on this podcast that i'm like oh dredge sounds good yeah Yeah, dredge actually got a photo mode recently um yeah and i i think it might be on sale right now as well not super duper on sale but it is cheaper than normal Mm -hmm, cool there's a bunch of games going on sale right now i think there's something going on yeah um i think the steam uh, summer sale yeah the steam summer sale is is operational that's why i've been getting so many emails from steam like this from your wish list is going on sale (laughs) yeah Yeah. um so yeah topic time you ready you ready for some juicy topic i'm laying back and waiting for your jug full of juice to be poured upon me (laughs) jug full of topic i don't know why i said that (laughs) (laughs) 
Why are you laying back? All right. Uh, Actually, I am sweating a lot, so let me just... Oh. It's going to be a bit noisy. I've got this really fluffy jacket on, and trust me, the, the jacket is amazing. I look amazing, but I'm dying. I'm dying right <laughs> yeah. now. So it's going to be a bit noisy, and then uh, I'm, I'm going to let you uh, yeah, throw that juice on me like a cold shower. Do you think? All right, I'm ready. Uh, that was not noisy, and I heard nothing. Thank you, Discord. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy Discord. Okay, so this week's episode is user-generated content. Yeah. Yeah. So after playing uh, Fear and Hunger the last several weeks, uh, that being an RPG maker game, it made me think, you know, like there's a bunch of games out there that started as mods or were even just like cool stuff that's found in other games like Mario Maker 2 or whatever that seems to... um, exemplify why you should own those games in the first place right. so i want to go through a few of those examples and just have a little little chitty chat about you know the difference between user-generated content um that's like mods and um games specifically that foster user-generated content aka little big planet or dreams or gary's mod, oh, stuff like that right oh my god we're actually going to talk about dreams it's finally happening <laughs> i mean i have one dot point in my list it just says dreams. That's all I got. <laughs> we can talk about it though, for sure. I have no info on it though, but oh we can God. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we both probably haven't played it, so this will be great. Okay. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll just go through a, a list of games that I got here that originally started out as mods, and um, maybe there'll be some some new info in there for you, and you know, fun little facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me. So we got Counter Strike. Oh yeah, um, that's the big one. I mean, yeah, that's the big boy right there. Yeah. Um, started out as a mod for Half-Life in 1999. Hell Went yeah. on to become a standalone game with multiple iterations. Obviously, Counter-Strike 2 coming out, um, which looks much like Counter-Strike 1, just with smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. different, different smoke. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, Dota 2, which was originally a mod for Warcraft 3, Reign of Chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, called, uh, yeah, Defense of the Ancients, which is aka Dota. Um, oh. became a multiplayer stand- yeah that's what it stands for defense of the ancients i never knew that yeah 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 i think that's what originally the mod was listed as on the thing that you could download it i don't even remember when it was still just a mod right 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 yeah defense of the, defense of the ancients 2 became a standalone multiplayer game uh and it was the one of the original moba games um yeah but and it was developed by valve no shit back when they used to make games what does MOBA stand for? Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. Mm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quite a few of those floating around these days. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, most of them were originally mods. Um, right. Maybe not so surprisingly. Right, yeah. Warcraft 3 was like big for the MOBA mod scene, hey? Oh, yeah, I never played Warcraft 3. Did you ever play it? No, I like had a friend who played it and I watched him and like, you know, when, when I finally booted up Hearthstone all those years later and heard like, job's done, you know, I recognized yeah. a few things from Warcraft, but uh, yeah, no, I never played it either. It always looks so cool, you know, like the hero character, it's kind of like the RTS game, but instead of building buildings, you play like the main guy in town, you play the main character. Right. <laughs> it's such a neat idea. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the like age of empire campaigns to a degree like mm. you know yeah like a, mer- a more personal story than you know just like faceless battalions 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you could build the barracks, but then the first dude that comes out of the barracks, you go to play him. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Team Fortress. Team Fortress began, began as a mod for Quake in 1996. For Quake. Now, I wouldn't have been able to guess that. Maybe mm. maybe you should mention the game and I should try and guess the original Ooh. game. <laughs> that's good. That's a good game. That's, that's a, you see, look at you doing it. You're doing it. This is a generated user generated content. Oh, my God. Um, there was this really, speaking of stuff like this, I saw a little game that you can play in your browser. It's called Password Generator. Oh. Um, and it's like kind of poking fun at um, how some password generated or some password forms when you fill them out are like, oh, you need it needs to be 25 characters long and you need symbols mm-hmm. and it's capital letters. Mm-hmm. And it's that, that thing. Mm-hmm. But it like it devolves and it's like, you need to put the um, current emoji for the moon cycle that we're in right now. <laughs> wow. You need, to, you need to put, they'll like show you a photo, like a GeoGuessr photo. And it'll be like, you need to put in the um, longitude and latitude for them from this photo. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And it just goes and goes. Wow. Uh, more and more obscure stuff to add to the password <laughs> um, so here's the game and can you guess the wait do you want to know the game or the original game first yeah no tell me the final product and i'll try and guess okay. the original game that was modded okay, this one might be a bit tricky but we're gonna go for it right. uh, player unknowns battlegrounds aka PUBG. oh fuck um maybe like the first call of duty oh good guess but no what? uh this was armor 2 Oh shit! No, I wouldn't have gotten that one. I'm yeah, yeah, horrendously ignorant about the armor series. Yeah. Um. So it was a mod for Armor Two. Originally, it was called Daisy Battle Royale. Ooh. Um, and it was very unstable. I remember trying to play it ages ago, and just like big struggle. Right. Um. Gary's mod. Oh god. I mean, is this gonna be something like a? half-life debugger because isn't gary's mod like kind of like dreams in that it's designed for user-generated content or is gary's mod yeah. a game this one is a little bit of a, a fake news one it was um <laughs> started as a, a it was a mod for the engine so right. it's a little bit like saying like uh unreal Fortnite edition is a mod for unreal engine. right okay yeah yep, yep. Te- technically it is but it's not a game actually it's um yeah 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 no that was a good that was a good trick question if this was who wants to be a millionaire you would have got me yeah yeah uh, it was originally developed by gary newman oh. and became a standalone game actually uh alien swarm what <laughs> i haven't even heard of this game there was a mod for unreal tournament 2004 top down shooter game unreal tournament fuck i haven't heard that yeah. name in a while yup I used to Dude, love that's where that it all shit. came from. Yeah. yeah. Unreal Tournament fucking rocked. It's crazy, like, Unreal Tournament was the, you know, the, the Petri dish that, that birthed Fortnite eventually yeah. and then became epic games and, like, yeah, crazy stuff. Weird. Time does weird things to companies, people. <clears throat> Time does weird things, full stop. <laughs> uh, the Stanley Parable. Oh, the Stanley Parable. I mean, that's got to be... Oh, man. I mean, it feels so similar to Half-Life, right? Nice. Half-Life 2. There you go. All right. You got one. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, Daisy. I think we mentioned this before. Um, 
so armor two yeah um daisy was like a zombie version of armor armor two was like a military simulation game i think originally developed by the u.s navy or the u.s army right now daisy is that game that's currently really popular and it's like online and has that like proximity sound design is that right uh, i think there is proximity chat in daisy but i think we're thinking you're thinking of a different game there okay uh can't remember what it's called though yeah there's a couple of games with zed in the name that are like online and daisy nightsy perhaps no i have no idea (laughs) i can't i can't remember right now it's my brain empty (laughs) um this is one that i've never heard of natural selection 2 no no idea started out as a half-life mod classic uh auto chess auto chess Oh, yeah, as as in the the like genre, like because uh, Hearthstone had that auto chess mode called Battlegrounds, which yeah. which I really yep. got into. Auto chess, um, fuck, what would that be a mod of? Um, I really can't think of anything to be honest. Fucking, this is, this is like Modception. <laughs> okay. If that gives you any clues, Modception, Gary's Gary's mod. No, uh, Dota Two. Dota Two, right? Well, I was gonna say Warcraft, but yeah, okay, Dota yeah. Two. Yeah, Maybe all right. One level extra. Interesting. Yeah, Dota Two, which is crazy. You know, it's like oh, Dota Two was a mod originally, mm-hmm. and now you've got Auto Chess, which is a mod from Dota. Mm-hmm. What's next? Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, I never played Auto Chess. Did you mess around with it at all? Um, I mean, just that Battlegrounds mode in Hearthstone. I played, I played that for a solid 200 hours. Enjoyed, oh, enjoyed the shit out of that. Wow. Um, so you did mess around with auto Oh man. Oh, oh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it just like, yeah, the design, the balance for the most part. Um, yeah, it was really addicting and yep. I could, yeah, I was fucking into that mode, but then they monetized it and I was fucking out. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, that's all I got for, um, you know, 10 games that started out as mods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Games that were mods yeah, and then became actual standalone games, mm. um, which seems to be, I can't, I can't seem to think of any games right now that are currently mods that are popular, you know, like, right. Usually, at least in the past, it was like you would have like a game that has a big community and you, you foster like a modding scene by like making certain things about the game open source, like, you yeah. know, like Age of Empires or whatever. And it's like, oh, now they go and make their own game. Well, that's, um, that's something that speaking of more touting uh, Starfield, you know, those Starfield people are touting that the mod scene is going to be big because they're making yeah. it accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it seems like the, the mods stuff is, like, pretty varied. Like, um, right. this is a whole, probably a, a separate topic aside from user-generated content. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we have once again taken a huge bite of the apple. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, the a lot of devs got their start modding stuff, so they would, like, write alternate stories for um, scenarios in games like Age of Empires or... Um, thinking of it's like other bioware original bioware rpgs like um nice the old republic and stuff like that right yeah 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 um and the divinity actually has similar stuff where you can like make your own scenarios and, oh. and that's, that's an example of like yeah like using using it as a tool but also you know potentially writing in a story that's 
that's more interesting or better or stuff like that you know that's like like layer one because you're still technically it's still the same game it's just you've changed some element about it like the story or some visual part right um, it's not a, it's not a whole new game like in the instance of like dota where it's like oh we actually just made it to like we added a whole other player and now there's this, all these other systems linked up that weren't in the original game right um, yeah that's cool have you so, have you ever gotten into a, a modding scene whether you were just playing a game where you played a lot of mods or you've actually you know modded anything no i haven't i haven't really gotten i mean i played mario maker 2 which isn't like a modding game oh um, yeah i played some of those you know user generated i played dreams talk about dreams oh, you have played dreams yeah what was yeah. i mean i've only seen the donkey videos of dreams so like that that's my take right. and it just it looks uh, yeah i mean what it's what wild. was your experience yeah. it wasn't quite as crazy as donkey's time with dreams mm -hmm. but uh, i didn't i don't think i sought out the the dark side right <laughs> yeah um and i haven't played it since release basically so i'm sure there's some really cool stuff on there. every now and then i'll see some twitter post that like looks like a whole other thing and it's like this was made in dreams no shit what the heck um seems like that you know it should be ripe uh, ripe for people who like doing modding and stuff like that to make games with but mm. doesn't seem to have born any fruit really i mean maybe i'm ignorant to it but yeah i you, don't see much out there you're generating user content with a controller right mm. like that isn't really attractive even for me who who um, i'm not really into those user content generated games to be honest like even mario mm. maker 2 that you lent to me like i yeah i had a r real hard time getting into it like i wasn't that interested in making levels and then the levels i did play i was just like man i like 3d mario more <laughs> so maybe yeah. maybe it was more of a fundamental thing but like yeah the idea of doing something in dreams where you're you know you can do like the scope is so broad and you're doing yeah. it with a controller instead of a mouse or keyboard like that is not attractive there was a similar thing that came out on Switch actually, which was like called Game Maker's Kit or something like that. Okay. Something like that. But yeah, you could basically do coding or like visual coding in, in the thing. Oh. Um, so, and that's kind of where I wanted to like round out the topic a little bit, like talking about the difference between um, user generated content stuff that might be made in Mario Maker or Dreams or, you know, similar things like that. And the difference between that and actual game developers making stuff right okay cool um so we are running out of time but i'll just quickly bounce through this stuff here um so i mean the main differences that i've listed here are stuff like formal training you know like if you don't have the formal training or like the history behind you to know what might make a good level then if you're kind of just floating around in the dark right in the most part yeah um access to this is probably the big one access to a code team and the ability to update code base slash tools mm. like maybe making mario maker levels would be easier if you had someone to be like make this tool for me and they would do it mm. um they kind of give you as much as they can in those games to make it reasonable but it's not it's not going to be the same way that um you know M mario 3d world or whatever it is was made you know like right they, they had their own set of stuff that was made available to them and they, they could ask for changes to yeah to tools and code base and and just having that ability makes makes a big difference for sure um, for sure and yes. I, th I think we touched on that a little bit last week when we talked about fear and hunger where some of the things felt impressive because they had obviously done something outside of the constraints of rpg maker like mm -hmm. whether it's like uh, art or like i don't know animation or 
I mean, the the book, for instance, where you read the book and go and see the old gods, like that's yeah. very obvious, you know, within RPG Maker, that's like the character going to a different room, basically, right? Yeah. But like yeah. the way they presented it was like, oh my God, this feels so novel because they've, they've put a lot of effort into like designing around those constraints. Totally. Yeah. And like all of the multiple limb stuff. I don't remember that being out of the box in RPG Maker, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, I got a theory about that. I think, mm. I think each limb is actually an enemy. I think, oh, I right. think that's just arted together. Exactly. Yeah. I reckon mm. that's how they got around that. Yeah. See, that's the stuff. That's the stuff right there where it's like they would have had to work within the constraints of each limb being an enemy. And, mm. you know, they would have to rip out all the animation system from each of the enemies and make their own animation system for it so that it didn't, you know, tear itself apart as it moved around. Right. Um, they would have had to change the way, yeah, the enemy took turns and all that functionality. And um, instead, you could have just been like, hey, you know, person who made RPG Maker, can you make me a thing that lets me target multiple parts of one enemy? Right, yeah, yeah. Far more simple. <laughs> totally. <clears throat> um, next thing I've got here is time. So, you know, obviously if you're just playing these games for fun and you've actually got a regular job, you know, it's not your job to make levels or, or anything like that. So you don't have eight, 10 hours a day to, mm. to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Uh, theming data and rule sets for keeping levels on point so like knowing specific like there's stuff like this in mario maker where people have made their own sets of themes mm. um but so oftentimes you're kind of just left in the lurch to just be like oh i guess this level's like a forest level i don't know like <laughs> um whereas with mario and other other games that have existing stuff to them it's like well we know exactly what the theme for this is supposed to be and are we hitting it yes or no so um it's way more um, restricted, I guess, in a in a um, mindful way. Mm. Um, so yeah, you can you can make informed decisions about should this vine go here? No, probably not, because this is like an underwater level. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, and and an art team <laughs> like that's pretty big too. Mm. Having access to like yeah, not just code base changes and tool tool requests, but an actual art team to be like, hey, can you make content for this thing that we're working on the, well, that, that we're designing how how much work is that and mm. and like actually getting that in the game yeah um i feel like i keep coming back to mario maker but if you wanted to make a new enemy in mario maker you pretty much can't like you're left with the enemies that they have for you right um and that's what's kind of impressive about stuff like um fear and hunger because they've yeah they've just invented a bunch of stuff mm. um and changed the way that it kind of is presented to you and functions in, in like a lot of core ways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all I got. <laughs> that's kind of all I got yeah. for um, the user generated content. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Some of those, some of those mods were, uh, you know, not that surprising. Like a lot of half-life stuff, a lot of like warcraft stuff it's you know it's yeah. in interesting when you kind of look behind the curtain and you're like ah oh, i see you dungeons and dragons and doom and you know it feels yeah. like warcraft and half-life are definitely a part of that conversation totally i mean the separate discussion about all of that which would go along with our three hour long mod degustation episode would be <laughs> um how that stuff is dying these days you know right. like a lot of the time you get stuff like Mario Maker um, where you it's not really 
as open as a lot of that old modding stuff was back in the back in the day. Yeah. To make these games, so you know, it's it's probably due to a whole slew of different reasons. But uh, stuff that comes off the top of my head is like security, um, IP rights, mm. um, bunch of different stuff that just publishers and people who make the money behind the scenes <laughs> probably don't want act, uh, the ability to have their stuff perverted in, in these ways right. but it, it, it yeah it, it makes it tricky for modding scenes to throw to flourish and to thrive and so yeah you see you see a lot less of it mm. yeah um yeah anyway that's that's it baby that's all i got for uh for that topic Hell yeah. Well, I, I hopefully, hopefully the juice was good. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm bathing in it. It's like, um, you know, when I went to check, I mean, it seemed like an insanely touristy thing, but you could go and have a beer spa. And, oh. uh, I didn't do that cause I like it's expensive and check is real cheap and it was, it felt a bit weird, but, um, that's what I've been doing. I've been uh, soaking in the juice <laughs> of user generated content, the user generated juice, if you will. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a game of juice right there. <laughs> oh God. Um, all right. We probably need to end this before it truly goes off the rails. Yeah, yeah, my brain is going to game of mouth territory. Let's, let's not get back to that. Oh, let's not get back to the soaping wet game of tongues. All right, we oh. hope everyone has a really lovely weekend, and we'll see you when it's almost the weekend again. Uh, yeah, bye-bye. Bye.